Hello, and welcome to the What's Career Got to Do With It podcast, where we hope to provide a space for honest conversation and information that encourages the listener to take the next steps in their career journey. Wherever you are in this process, we hope this episode meets you with affirmation, guidance, and maybe some laughs along the way. On today's episode, we will discuss an answer, or many, to the questions, what does it mean to know yourself? <sighs> Why didn't Mr. T come in my head? Know yourself, fool. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that's That it. was good. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, we could hop into the research if we wanted to, but, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. we're, we're operating right now on 5.30 p.m. or 5.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Although we record the show on the the East Coast, so never mind that. It's five a.m. somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but let's let's try to pick our brains and see what we all think about self awareness and what what does it even mean to us. I think uh, I think it means kind of just knowing everything: your goods, the bads, the uglies, what what your boundaries are, what it means to get you going. Um, what stops you in recognizing how to figure out to work through issues and how you work through those issues is just it encompasses a lot. Mm-hmm. I think just because self awareness is kind of like a big part of what we all do in the career center, and then it's also a part of like discovering expiration. I think it also ties to like decision making. Yeah. So knowing why you like to make certain decisions and what those decisions might say about your. Um, beliefs and your values. Shout out to the Design Your Life book that we kind of use a lot in the Career Center. So I think it ties to that too. To me, um, I'm going to take it as a an old lady view right now um, and say knowing yourself equates to freedom in so many ways. Um, because again, like everybody is talking about, you are self-aware, you know what works, you know what doesn't work, you know what, what you're willing to accept, you know what you're not willing to accept. It just kind of opens a path that you didn't even know needed to be open when you are secure in self, not even secure in self, but when you know yourself enough to where you don't really have to you don't really have to think. It becomes second nature. This is this is who you are. Um, so I don't really need to place too much thought on it because I already know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think that we often think of knowledge, self-knowledge, or any type of knowledge as absolute. And we think that it has to be completely formed and we have to completely understand it. And I don't think that's the case at all. I think self-awareness is this concept or ability to be curious about yourself um, and discovering more and more each day while also accepting that you're not going to know everything about yourself. Um, I like the story of, or the, the stories I hear or reflect upon of kids sitting in a classroom and there's always that one kid that asks all the questions, always doing that. The class is almost over, teacher <laughs> has decided to uh, close out the lesson early and they go, hey, hey, does anybody have any more questions? And there's that one kid. Rudy, were you that kid? (laughs) (laughs) Sounding familiar. (laughs) Maybe. But (laughs) they were willing to ask questions when nobody else was. And I think the question asking was, was always framed as a negative there. 
but also the person asking the question should have a little bit of self-awareness around when to ask those questions. <laughs> that part too. <laughs> that part too. Uh, so the fine balance of when to ask questions and when to drop the question. So psychologists say, here's psychologists. This is they uh, from 1972. Now this is an old book. So mm-hmm. we can be aware about that, that it's older. So things may have changed. But self-awareness is the ability to focus on yourself and how your actions, thoughts, or emotions do or don't align with your internal standards. If you're highly self-aware, you can objectively evaluate yourself, manage your emotions, align your behavior with your values, and understand correctly how others perceive you. And this is uh, a book by Shelley Duvall and Robert Wicklund on some of their studies and research. So, yeah. Align your behavior with your values. How does that happen? <laughs> Little Angela, like you said, I don't know. <laughs> That's it's, great self-awareness. Oh, you know, I mean, it's hard to kind of explain yeah. sometimes. Uh-huh. I think you got to look inward. Yeah. Right? You got to, it's, it's introspection, you know, and there's kind of lots of ways to do that. You can... Definitely, you know, write things out to and, and when they thoughts when they come to your head, definitely having conversations with others. Um, but I think it's definitely taking a deep look inward. Um, you're gonna spend a lot of time with self when you're getting to know yourself. Yeah, and I, um that and maybe like <laughs> finding what those values are, how they align, what are they? Is it something that's guided that's given through you, through your family, through close friends? Mm-hmm. Is it something in your environment, whether it, it's positive or negative to make you have a certain thought process of, oh, this is how it should be, but this is how it is, but this is how I think mm-hmm. things should align. Y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, but does it sound like this sort of like finding out process is similar to when people say, you need to date yourself? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it like that? But then I think kind of like we're all talking about, right? So it's not something that's like, it's not a step by step to me, right? Mm. It's something that is is you can grow upon. So I mean, you'll get better as you keep doing things. You'll get better as you keep exploring. Right. Um, it's it's a progressive thing, right? So it's not something where you spend one hour dating yourself <laughs> and all of a sudden the world is clear. <laughs> e harmony. Oh, okay. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> E Harmony's not responsible for the right, right. <laughs> the little voice that comes at the end. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I think too what we struggle with, at least I struggle with, is spending time with self. I mean, mm-hmm. we've got responsibilities, we got jobs. I have a fiance. Like you, you have things that you have to do and tend to and be a part of in your life. Like taking little time out of your day to reach out to someone and connect with them, um, to connect with your coworkers. You can't just go shut yourself in a cubicle all day and, and spend time there. Even, even introverts as someone who feels like they're an ambivert. Um, I don't know. I change daily, but (laughs) self-awareness, uh, I think we have to find ways to spend time with ourselves and in a busy world. How do you do that? I think I talked a little bit about this in one of the other episodes when we were talking about where we we don't realize that we actually do spend time with ourselves. Hopefully we all shower, 
maybe we don't shower alone, but that is the time <laughs> where we're, we have an option to, to you know, yeah. um, be with ourselves, um, using the potty. Uh, <laughs> let's be real here. We're all adults. We like potty time. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's an opportunity to be with yourself as well, too. Um, so those are kind of the, the things that you do every day that you don't think about. And then, you know, putting some power into that time um, and using that to kind of sit and, and reflect. Mine is riding in the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, sometimes that just that drive and sometimes even when I'm at home, I'll just get in, in the truck and just go drive for a little bit just to yeah. kind of clear my mind and, and think. So that that's my space. Yeah. I definitely vibe with the car riding, definitely car driving, but I got to be in the car by myself. Yeah. <laughs> Potty. I can definitely. I'm not. OK, I'm not going to lie. I'll watch like two hours of The View. Okay, leaving that there. <laughs> Eating too. Like yeah. if you like take yeah. yourself out and just sit down mm-hmm. somewhere, prepare yourself a meal or a snack or something. I think that kind of and cleaning, cleaning yeah. too. So what do you think of the idea of getting comfortable with the silence in order to actually be able to get to that step of mm-hmm. self-reflection? Right. There are many times where people are in my car and I don't have anything on. I am very comfortable with riding and driving in silence. Um, sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. Right. But most of the time when I'm riding in silence, it's because I'm processing and thinking through things. And it's the ability to do that. But you have to be comfortable with the silence to appreciate and to accept what comes um, in that silence. Yeah, absolutely. Silence takes practice. Like you, you have to legitimately sit there and practice how to be silent. Um, I often refer to this when I'm doing group exercises and I ask the group a question and then they typically, if they haven't, like the, the ice hasn't broken yet, they'll wait and wait and wait and I'll just wait. And I always, and probably my most overplayed joke that I use is I have a counseling degree and they trained us to be silent. So um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even laugh at it anymore, but I hope I get a laugh eventually. And you guys laugh. So thank you. Thank you all. You got it, Rudy. <laughs> um, but yeah, you got to practice that, that habit. Um, and find, I think in the mundane, finding the extraordinary in the mundane, um, there's a book by Tish Warren called Liturgy of the Ordinary. And it basically, the, the author talks about doing things like brushing their teeth and, uh, folding their clothes and how you can sit in those moments and discover so much more than just, uh, I'm folding my clothes or, uh, I, I brush this big front left you you can see I'm not up on my orthodontia um, <laughs> but yeah what do, what do y'all think about that that how do you practice it beyond just like the, the activities you've listed uh, mindfulness um, there's great exercises where you can um, definitely learn what mindfulness is um, and, and practice it that way. Um, we all have phones. They're basically attached to us. And there's plenty of apps that can teach you how to meditate, um, that you can have a, a quiet timer. I mean, I think on my watch, there's an actual function that, you know, tells you to breathe, tells you to stand up, tells you to be mindful. Um, so, you know, there are there are ways. Um, that I think are, are readily available to us to be able to start to um, get used to that practice. I was going to say that app too. Um, I, I've used the app a lot. 
<laughs> a lot. Mm-hmm. It just kind of, especially the meditation one. I mean, that's one of my things at night. You know, that's that's when I and I really start processing things. I'm a night processor sometimes, so mm-hmm. that's when I really start processing things in the evening and the night before I go to bed. So that kind of helps one me process, but two calm some of that process down, mm-hmm. slow it down, so then I can just relax and, and go to sleep. Yeah, and I'm like a. When it comes to like daily routines and practice, I'm like a rhythm person, so I'll know by this time I need to be doing this. Mm-hmm. But I got some really good advice, mainly when I started like you know working in professional professional capacity, like schedule everything on your calendar. So like like you said, you've got your phone. Put literally a reminder in your phone at 12 p.m. I'm going to sit down and meditate for five or ten minutes or 15 or so minutes, and I think that kind of helps keep you mindful about making time to be mindful. You know. Mm-hmm. And you know how to get an app. Like, YouTube has things. You can just let it play all day long. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> and I, w- I want to shout out therapy here for this. And also mm-hmm. my counseling program. But therapy, uh, teaching grounding exercise, which is a part of mindfulness. And as we sit in our day, like, most of the time when I'm talking, rather than trying not to s- to move my feet around, I'm, like, performing a circle on my hand. Sometimes when I become overwhelmed, I pay attention to my breath and do what's called box breathing. You can look that up. There's several YouTube videos out there about that. The other thing is something called progressive muscle relaxation. Um, It's where you tense your body up and you allow your body to feel. And that's like, well, that's not necessarily what I'm thinking, but it changes the way you think about what's going on. It causes you to be more aware of what you're feeling in the moment. And also, I think asking that question of, why are we feeling the way that we are? Because I think that brings us to a, a next point in this this thing of self-awareness is what happens when we become more of our, aware of ourselves if we don't like it? Um, Experiment. There is room to learn. There is room to grow. That is, again, I think my, my theme of this podcast. <laughs> um, it is your opportunity to explore and evolve as we are, um, as humans are meant to do. So again, be in the moment you are, you are owed that moment to be like, man, this didn't work, but don't stay in that moment. Figure out how you can shift it, lift it and keep it moving. And it doesn't have to be a huge step. It could just be a minuscule thing just to get you started so that you can check that off as a small victory um, of progression, however you want to term it. Mm-hmm. And when you prompted us with like that next question, I breathed really hard because I feel like a portion of the self-awareness and mindfulness sort of process or journey, whatever you want to call it, that people don't talk about a lot is once you know yourself, the decisions you make following that either revelation or kind of light bulb or aha moment, you're going to be held responsible for whatever decisions you make following that point. Mm -hmm. So like once you figure out, okay, I know this about myself, and then you come to either uh, a juncture in the road of making a career decision or academic decision, based off of that knowledge, you know in some sort of way what the right decision will be or what the most beneficial uh, decision will be after that. So I think that's the one part to just kind of remember and even though the self-awareness process might feel lonely at times, know that it kind of gives you that, you know, extra um, opportunity for personal self-affirmation. Absolutely. And I think that ties perfectly to uh, finding the support systems around you to kind of push you through or help you and comfort you and allow you to sit and feel in those moments of discovery. Um, we, have, we have a colleague who often relates things to dating and 
Uh, we've already done that once on this podcast, but uh, <laughs> it's not Kay that, that does that. But I, I had a friend once tell me um, that the most difficult process or part of dating is when the person you are in relationship with or the person that you're getting to know discovers a thing that you like least about yourself and they also dislike it. And I think that can be echoed in the rest of our lives as well as other people discover the things that we like least about ourselves and it also frustrates or irritates them. Um, But I think there's also power in knowing those those aspects or those things about ourselves because the more we get to work on them, the more we can take control of them and the more we can grow. Um, I, w- I want to take that imagery of dating and I want to move it to a different type of uh, imagery of these wounds that we're aware of in our life, but we're still able to heal others. Um, there's a book by Henry Nowen called Wounded Healer, and I won't go too in-depth about what the book's about, but I think the title itself discusses how we can still walk and move forward and help others when we ourselves are not in full completion or fully aware of who we are, still discovering what we can do. And I think if we can do that, we can ask the same of others. And so I I know I just kind of went on a little rant there, but I think it's important to know that, you know, pain points and triggers are all a very real part of reality for each of us. And so as we get into discussion with others, what can we do to better understand ourselves while also moving forward in our career decisions, in our life, um, knowing who we are? I think the thing that came to mind for me is to um, humble yourself, right? Um, you know, if you know yourself, then you know what makes you the same as somebody, you know, different from, you know, there's 7.9 billion people in the world. Um, and, you know, you're more than same than different, right? So there are unique qualities that we have. But at the end of the day, I think maybe not holding on to that. I am all that and a bag of cheese. Um, I'm pretty sure I just messed up that whole statement. Um, but chips, uh, chips, see, <laughs> cheese is life. About thirty eight percent. But you know, humbling yourself and realizing that there is always room left to grow. If you get to a point where you feel like you can still not learn and grow, that's definitely to me a red flag where I need to pause and do a, a you know another self evaluation to see why I feel this way. Um, so I think definitely having that that humble is important and I think after humbling yourself and recognizing that you don't know it all mm-hmm. then you go to somebody for some help mm-hmm. yeah. whether you're talking to a counselor a life coach somebody um, because they may be able to help you identify things again that you don't necessarily see but it's there to help you work through these things and make you a better person so humbling and then finding some help it's mm-hmm. okay to ask mm-hmm. and then going back to the point you were saying about us I think bringing it back to what we do, like Mm -hmm. working in a helping profession. No, we don't have it all figured out. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the way we kind of combat us not having all the answers is we lean on each other for expertise, for for additional knowledge. And then I can speak for myself personally. Like if I'm in an appointment with a student and I don't know, I'm like, look, Mm -hmm. I just thought about this yesterday for myself and I'm still figuring it out. And this is this is the the kind of break that I got to for myself. And sometimes explaining that to people helps them realize, 
oh, so maybe this might be another solution. And then you kind of workshop it together. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And I go back to, again, keeping it humble. Same thing when I'm at an appointment, if there's something I don't know. Yes. So look, we about to Google together. Yes. We're going to learn yes. something together today. And I mean, yes. I think that makes the appointment as well, too, a little bit more meaningful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you've showed them that, you know, you are you are just like them, even though there is an age difference. There are still things that we are learning. But also you have the support of somebody to help you through it. And there's no need to be ashamed or bashful that you don't know it. Um, it's it's just one of those things. That's why I kind of take pride in being like, mm, we're we going to Google this together today. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I, I think of the word grace, um, giving yourself some mm-hmm. some grace and time to sit with who you are and, and knowing that it, it's not a proving ground for others, but it's an exploratory process for self and that that's completely natural and perfectly okay to not have all the answers about why you feel certain ways and be patient as you go along the way. I know it's easy to say be patient, but uh, practicing patience along with that quietness and getting used to to feeling what you are doing in the moment. Um, there's a there's a book called The Road to Character. Now this is like the fifth book I've referenced, but blank books. We love yeah. we love their yeah. <laughs> it's it's written by David Brooks, and there's there's this metaphor, I guess, in the in the beginning. It talks about like the, knowing yourself, and like you don't think you've reached the bottom until uh, you get to the bottom of the pit, and all of a sudden the the bottom floor of the pit falls through again. And so there's so much more depth to who we are as people. Now the rest of the book, yeah, go read it if you want. Um, thanks to liberal arts education, I can critically analyze books. Um, <laughs> but. Anyways, I think the thing is, is that even when we think we've reached the depths of who we are, the rest of our lives, we're going to continue to explore and that bottom's going to fall through and we're going to discover so much more about ourselves, and that's going to benefit us as we interact with other humans. Because in many ways, as relational creatures, that's what we're here for is to interact with other humans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with that, I, I do want to close it out with you know, our special time of rapid fire responses to the question. (laughs) Yes. What does it mean to know yourself? Humble enough to know that I am a seven with room to grow. (laughs) Oh, okay. This phase seven and possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of knowing yourself, knowing your boundaries, know what works for you, and knowing that it is okay to go get help when you get stuck. Mm-hmm. I think it's about accepting the feeling comfortable with the scary part of starting that process of knowing yourself, and then just enjoying the process of getting to do things either you know alone, but in the sense of like it's you one on one with yourself. And then lean on your support when you're ready. Love it. And I'm going to give a shout out to Bell Hooks for this quote of, I think the truth is that finding ourselves brings more excitement and well-being than anything romance has to offer. And somewhere we know that. And so I hope everyone listening today goes and finds some excitement. And in that, they discover a sense of well-being. And they know that it's greater than just sitting with all the thoughts and all the different things that plague their day and in that that brings them energy and joy and they discover something new about themselves and others. Thanks for listening. Take care, everybody.